Continuing into Season 5, we break into the entire Hardens Creek lineup, including the locational releases and the last two Jacob's Well releases. Which one came out on top and how did we rank them? Find out more on this episode of The Bourbon Hunters. But before we get started, do you want to support our podcast? Do you like bourbon gear? Visit our website at www.bourbonhunters.com to purchase some of our custom bourbon gear and support the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. I'm Dude Pool. I'm joined by... Jason C. And... J.D. Fritches. And then we've also got Tyler and Brett... Oh, no we don't. <laughs> they are absent to start the year. Awesome. That was a smooth transition. I like it. Good start of the year for those guys. Um, Brett at least had a, uh, a work function, and Tyler just chose not to come. So, there's that. Give the guy a King of Kentucky sample, and he sh- doesn't show. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was uh, sending us texts showing us holding his cock in his hand. <laughs> K-O-K, King of Kentucky. It's kind of small, wasn't it? I, I told him it must have been mine because he could fit his whole hand around it. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Today, guys, enough of that nonsense. Today, we're doing a Hardin's Creek lineup. We've got some uh, uh, Jacob's Well from last year and, and, well, what is it, 2022 and 2023? Yes. And then I keep saying this year and last year, but we're actually in 2024 now, aren't we? That's right. Uh, so we've got that. And then we've got the 2023 releases of the Hardens Creek uh, location releases. Uh, Claremont, got, Boston, and, and Frankfurt. Frankfurt, yeah. So we've got all three of those. Uh, we've got the last two Jacob's Wells. I think it should make for a nice uh, lineup here. Nice little comparison. Yeah. Only so, one missing is that two-year that they shouldn't have made. Well, then that's a good thing where it's not missing. Well, remember, the Hardens Creek series was basically created by uh, by Beam in order to highlight some of their more unique, as I hate how they describe this, but Beam says liquid streams, which I don't like when they say that. The one in front is uh, the 15-year. The one coming in from behind is the 17 and a half. All right. So we so. have a 17 and a half year old coming in from behind? Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So the, the one in the front's the one we're starting with. That was two years ago? Yeah. Or 2022, I should say. Yeah, this was actually a top uh, a top whiskey for me last year, if I remember correctly. Well, actually, two years ago. Now, that, yeah, we keep forgetting we're in 2024 now. But so. I was a huge fan of this one. But, yeah, they released. Uh, so Hardens Creek is really more of the an introduction, another brand that Jim Beam introduced to highlight some of uh, Jim Beam's more... I'm not going to say experimental, um, experimental whiskeys they have, but some of their, their, their whiskeys that they feel are a little bit more special. Maybe not so, you know, not stuff that you find every day. So this could, could include high age, as we saw with the Colonel B Beam, which uh, also released with Hardens Creek, which was a, uh, what was that like? Two years old, three years old. Two. It was a two-year-old bourbon that used a uh, a, a low entry proof, and I think they distilled it differently or something like that. I think it's got an extra two days. Is that what it is? Or an extra two days in the fermentation. Process. Yeah, it was... What, uh, what does that do? If, I mean, if it's not fermenting anymore, what's that but It was do? 80 bucks, and I <laughs> yeah. was like, no thanks. Um, 
Well, so we've got 108 proof for both of these, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Hardens Creek, it's basically a recurring limited release Actually, that they're doing. the one in front's 109 proof. Oh, is it? Is that the 211 month? Yeah. That's this year's. All right, so it's one proof point higher. Okay. All right. Well, so we're drinking the 108 <coughs> proof. Right 108. Now, right? So this is the 2022. Mm-hmm. What are you guys getting on the nose for this? I'm pretty excited about Ooh. this. Hardens Creek, when we had this in our tour in, at uh, mm-hmm. Jim Beam, I was pretty pumped that they pulled one of those out for us. It put me on the Hardens Creek Trail. I get a little floral action. Soft vanilla. I definitely get some oak. So the age yeah, is... Yeah, the age is coming through. The age is coming through. It's almost the first thing I get. It's almost like a, a nice toasted oak to it. Like a, a little, maybe some marshmallow or something mixed in with some oak. What are you getting on this, uh, Jason? Uh, I kind of get like that nice beamy, that like, uh, I'm not going to say peanut shell because I think it, the age kind of doesn't really play into that. But for me, this was always, always more of like a, uh, yeah, like you said, like, kind of like a toasted oak, a little bit of like a, uh, a hint of smoke. And I also get this little slight medicinal cherry I think I, I just, get from. I just got, I was about to say cherry yeah. when you were done because yeah. it wasn't, I didn't get it at first and then I kept snelling. But it's like smelling. that medicinal cherry. Yeah, it's yeah, not like a fresh right. cherry. Like something out of a NyQuil or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm okay with. I enjoy NyQuil. I'm yeah. a big, I'm a big um, fan. So this is a blend actually. Um, it's a blend of a, I don't remember the blend proportions, but I do remember, I know the one we're drinking now is a blend of 15 year and 16 year old bourbons. And one of those is a high rye bourbon, and the other one is a, I guess, their regular rye bourbon. Um, and it's called Jacob's Well because Jacob Beam, I think in like the late 1700s, like built a well. So they basically named it after him. So yeah. there's your history lesson for the day. Well, there it is. There it is. All right. So speaking of medicinal cherry, I've got a really nice uh, single barrel NyQuil upstairs. <laughs> you guys, if we want to try that out after I can't all this. wait to try that. <laughs> I said that right when you were taking a drink, sorry. Is it dangerous to blend NyQuil? Like if I blend in NyQuil and DayQuil, it happens. Oh, you just you just stay. You just explode? You like just, what happens? You just stay neutral. Weekend at Bernie's, you just kind of pass out, but you're awake. <laughs> your, your eyes stay open, but you have no idea what's going I like on. Wanna, I want to walk up to like, uh, I want to go into like a pharmacy and it's like, like can I have the NyQuil and the DayQuil? I like to blend them. Just see what they say. Just see their face. Are you I, a distiller? <laughs> I think you can buy those over the counter. I don't think you have to oh, go Oh, yeah, to that's the, right. I think you can It's not until you get counter. to the meth stuff, like the Advil, cold and sinus, yeah. where you have to actually provide an ID. Yeah, I'll take a, uh, I'm going to, I like to blend them. <laughs> I don't know why. But I get like a little floral. It could be that high rye that's in it. You know, it does have that high rye uh, mash bill in it. So I could see floral. I the one thing I will say right out of the gates is I, I think I like the nose better than the palate at first. I, I do like the high rye. I'm a high rye guy, so that spice that it has. I'm not getting a lot of spice. Are you really? getting it on the mouth? Well, maybe because it's my first pour in a while. Maybe that's why. Are you, is your mouth experience giving you some some high rye? No. Well, that sip it didn't. So yeah, maybe it's maybe it's just me. I've, like in. I said, I haven't drank a light visceral like reaction. Four days, four, four, four hours, four or five days, <laughs> four hours. I haven't had anything drink in, in four hours. In four minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I yeah, I was a huge fan of this, and even when I did it in a blind tasting uh, two years ago, uh, at the end of the year, it did really well. It really held up. Well, that that drink that was better. Mm-hmm. That was much better. I got a little bit more of the spice there mm-hmm. than I did before 
Um, yeah, I think the spice helps it, and it actually really balances out that the oak and the sweetness that it has. Yeah. I mean, Jim Beam, to me, you never really get like all this complexity to it. I feel like it's very straightforward. You get your rich caramels, your vanillas, you get some brown sugars. Sometimes you get some dark fruit notes here and there. I feel like the Knob Creek single barrels generally can get a little bit more um, vast in, in flavor profiles. <laughs> But as far as these, I think you'll see more of a difference when we get to the all three Hardens Creeks. I think uh, yeah. those three really do have differences, which I really – that's why I think Beam killed it in 2023. They were my, like, distillery of the year. Really? Yeah, because not only did they bring out all this stuff that was age-dated, they have the three Hardens Creeks. They released four Bookers, whatever. whether Baker's 13 again. Whatever, yeah, whatever they're not – your oh, feelings yeah. of Bookers – well, the, they had they, a Baker's thirteen. Yeah, Baker's thirteen again. Baker's thirteen again. Yeah, they released the uh, legacy, right? The three or the Freddie, no Fred, no. Yeah, and they also released a little three tasting pack of all three Hardens mm-hmm. Creek, which I thought was a brilliant idea. And then on top of that, they also brought back age statements for the Knob Creek, the nine-year uh, small batch and the nine-year single barrel. I mean, the year of the age statement for Knob for uh, Jim Beam. Did they do the, an eighteen year this year in the Knob Creek, or was that two years ago? Yeah, I have a batch two of it. Yeah. Do they? Then they have the old. Uh, then they have the old overhaul ten-year cast strength. Oh yeah. Little book is on fire this uh, twenty twenty-three, an absolutely stunner of a, of a whiskey. They killed it this year. So. So the little book was pretty good this year. Absolutely, I, yeah. I went in like this isn't going to be good, and I taste. I was like. Wow. Really? And then that last release of Booker's was I didn't fantastic. buy it because I didn't think it sounded good. Yeah. The story, um, what was it? Story time. I got the last Story Booker's. time. Wasn't that good? Mm-hmm. And I've got his uh, signature on it, too. Didn't do nice. well. Didn't, that actually was in my top 40 blind at the end of the year. Didn't didn't do well. Oh. The, the, problem with, really? the problem with Booker's is that when you put it up against stuff with some good age on it, it just falls flat. How old are the Bookers generally? About well, six and a half to right seven now they've and been, a half. Yeah, lately they've been about seven years and change. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think they're all just really close in profile, the Bookers. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to find that gem. The last one was a country ham. I, I have a country ham back there still. Yeah, I still have half a bottle of mine. Never had it. it. Oh, it's good. What? It's good. I should have brought that. I wish I knew. I've got it. I've got it. You oh, he's got it? it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I've well, got it. Turn the game. I've got it. Turn the game. Is it open? Yeah. Oh, there you it's go. It's about a third left, maybe, it's or like half you're gonna left. Have, it's like going to have some ham for dinner yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. I'm some down. ham and potatoes. Listen, I, I only have to coach the 6 a.m. CrossFit tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> and I and I have two job interviews tomorrow. So good for you. Good yeah. for you, man. I was going to ask you what was going on. With yeah, that, but, oh. I mean it's slow going there. You know, all the holidays and well, stuff. Well, yeah, the holidays so. are kind of coming to yeah, an end. So right. So and immediately I just started. I, I was hoping this would happen, and it's starting to pick up. So I've got my boss uh, considering doing um, shirts and a hoodie. Okay. Yeah. And so he's going to email you soon. That's good. I've got. I've got two or three big orders getting ready to happen right now, and then as soon as those are done, I should have a dry spell for a minute. Nice, so, cool. So that'll be good. All right, I want to compare this to the uh, to the other one, to the new one. Can, we, right. can we get the corduroy shirt too? I, that one they don't make it anymore. I looked after it's the nice. trip. I know, I love it. it, and it droops or drapes or whatever really well. <laughs> it droops and drapes. <laughs> it droops and drapes. That's going to be... Uh, oh, the nose on this is nice. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to have to cleanse my palate for so this So this, they're very different. Are they? I can kind of tell on the nose. I get a little cotton candy or something. Yep. This is a lot sweeter on the nose, for sure. Mm. Mm. You know what's funny? I don't get any of that cherry on here. This is more like candy sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like a cotton candy type of yeah. thing to me. It's almost like a confectioner or sugar or a, a flavored like... Uh, 
I do get a little, maybe a little cherry. I'm, and I think it's because you just said it probably, but I get something. Oh, that's... that was weird. What the hell was that on the palate? Did you, oh, did you take a sip? Yeah, I just did. I just, I couldn't wait. I was like, I'm diving in. So as they're taking a drink, we've got the college game day stuff going on for the national championship. It's tonight. So as you listen to this this week, we're, we're watching them warm up for the national championship here. Yeah, this is sweeter. Like the oak is. Oh, yeah, this is sweeter. The oak isn't really as present as the uh, 184 month. I almost get like a little bubble gum, like traditional bubble gum, not like a, you know, like a bubble yum or a hubba bubba or something like that. Maybe. So kind of like the piece that comes in a pack of Topps cards? Maybe, because of that confectioner, that uh, sugar, that the powdered sugar they put on it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's kind of what I'm getting. I miss the days of cards. Oh, yeah. It's going to sound a little bit weird, but maybe just because I haven't drank in like four or five days, like praline. Praline. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. That's like that like that nutty, yeah, caramelly yeah. like combination. Isn't that like a baked it, pecan? Yeah, basically. Isn't it, it allows it to caramelize a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Yeah. It's reminding me of that. Uh, my mom, when I grew up, my mom loved drink, uh, loved, uh, praline. She always had like pralines and cream ice cream. That's what uh-huh. it's taking me back to. I can see that. Big fan of pralines and cream. Mm-hmm. I can see that, but I, I'm still kind of hovering on the bubble gum on the front of the palate with a sweetness as it goes back. That's almost like confectioner sugar. You're getting like a saccharin note, almost like a yeah saccharin. Like a, that's probably good. Like a like a fake sugar note on yeah, it. That's, almost. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's I think a powder sugar. Like maybe on like sweet gum. low, whatever you want to call it. Bazooka book gum. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think that's probably we're what in I'm getting. We're in the same realm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just. I think you're right. Just I think of all the fake sugars. That's what it is. <laughs> it really hangs out in the mid palate for a while. It does. This has a like better texture than the uh-huh. uh, the one eight four. I will say the mouthfeel on this one is better, mm-hmm, but I think sure. I like the palate on the other one better. On the first one, I like the flavors on the first one better. That's what. I, yeah, that's what I mean. I like sweet, but I I need that oak to balance out sweet yes. when it's. When it's primarily sweet, mm. it does. It's not as exciting to me. Um, when you can give me sweet oak and a nice finish, now I don't know. Do you know if the uh, if it's kind of the same high rye low Supposedly rye blend? It's similar to last year. Yes. Okay. Um, last year's has been open for a year. Mm. This one has only been open, uh, give or take. Yeah, it's a little more tame on the palate. Three weeks, the, uh, four weeks. It's a, a little month. more. It's a little more tame on the palate mm. than the one eight four. One eight four, I feel like blast you in the mouth, <clears throat> which is surprising because that's been open for a year. Yeah, it still's got it. Still got it. Yeah, I think I like the the mouth feel on the second one better, but the palate, the overall palate on the first one, or the yeah, the first one better. Yeah, first one wins for me. And it's got that little bit of spice at the end. I'm getting it now. Now that I've had this mm-hmm. over, this is a sweetness bomb. So if you really like a lot of sweetness, I'd say you'd you'd probably lean toward the second one. Last yeah, year's the two, the two eleven, the one hundred nine proof two eleven Hardens Creek, whereas the one eight four is a little more balanced, a little bit more balanced, a little yeah. bit more spicy, and I think there's definitely some more oak there. For sure on the oak, yeah. You I, don't you don't get a lot of times you don't get like a cherry or a strawberry or something like those rich fruit notes on a beam. So when you find them, like you do, like you do having the Winnie Four, I feel like those are the ones that keep me more interested. Which is why I like the country ham so much. It's one of the few bookers that actually has like a not only like a super sweet brown sugar, but there's a little like dark fruit in there too. Now that I just had the first one and went back to the second one, I get a little bit more spice in the second one now. I don't know why, but I still think I like the first one better. 
overall. The nose, the nose on this second one was really interesting for sure. Yeah, the nose I think actually is a little bit more interesting than the first one with the palette. I think it's reversed. Yeah, I really like one eight four. That's good. I mean, either one, they're both really good, and I think they're good values because What's they're the- what one hundred sixty bucks, one hundred seventy. Yeah, they're right about one seventy. So I mean, you're talking about ten dollars per year, yeah. maybe yeah. even a little less. They've been one of the companies that have stayed true to you know pricing and being yeah. reasonable. I think so. I and I I like I don't want to spend ten dollars a year, but but I, that being a standard is something I can fall in line with. Um, you know, if I know it's a fifteen year and it's one hundred fifty bucks and it's a limited release, if if it's just a standard fifteen year, I probably wouldn't spend one hundred fifty bucks. But if it's a limited release and you know it's a fifteen year age statement, I think that to me is going to get me off the couch to go get something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go pay the money for that. Yeah, well, that yeah, old yeah. overholt ten year was about one hundred five bucks. The Knob Creek eighteen is one hundred eighty. Knob Creek twelve has been staying at seventy. Yeah, yeah. So, I and I've. Finally got my first Knob Creek 12. Nice. So, it's, a, it's a killer bottle. I can't wait. So that good. is a, uh, yeah, that is a special bottle. I don't care what anybody says. Why can we not get it in Ohio anymore? Well, it just comes in on an allocated basis. Yeah. And, and the thing you is, just sit on the su- shelf, man. surprisingly, Knob Creek 12 sells really fast in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's like you could put it right up there. Surprising like, because it's not. I remember. Trace, you mean? Yeah. For example, I remember one weekend I was like, uh, you know, I was talking to a guy at the liquor store. He's like, he's like, I think we're getting Knob Creek 12 in or something like that. And maybe, you know, some Buffalo Trace stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. So Knob Creek 12 years. That means I don't have to come early in the morning. Knob Creek 12 should be available when I get there. It was gone. I walked in. It was gone. He's like, that sold out right after the Buffalo Trace stuff. I'm like, that's surprising. I'm like, I'm glad people are realizing what a great bourbon that is. Well, it, part of the problem is it hasn't been here, and I bet you that's part of it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when, uh, what was it we we didn't have for a minute? The Russells? Was mm-hmm. it the Russells yeah. that we didn't have for a minute? Yeah. And I think people were freaking Rare out Bird that that too. was going to become a th- uh, an actual thing. Rarebird wasn't here for yeah. a while, too. And I and I remember Rare on breed, some of the you mean? Rare Breed. Yeah. What did I say? Rare Bird. Rare Bird. Oh, that's that guy. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't here. You're right. No, no, no. Um, but no, Rare Breed was and and uh, Russells. I think were one of those things that I feel like people were freaking out on, or like, is this going to be the new normal? So they were every time it came in, they were just snatching it all up. And I was like, well, all right, <laughs> it's sitting on the shelf now, Creek Twelve it at is. Crown Liquors in Indiana. You know what else? Uh, you know what else is sitting on the shelf here in Ohio now? The Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Yeah, crazy. So good. I could not believe that's just sitting on the shelf. Yeah, I remember that was allocated last year. Mm-hmm. Every so. time it came in, it was gone, and now it's just sitting on the shelf. I was yeah. like, "All right." So, <clears throat> I'd like to get your guys' feedback because I think this is actually a good question because we're in this uh, realm talking about Knob Creek Twelve Year and what a great value it is. I just recently reviewed the new Old Forester nineteen twenty four. Oh yeah, you guys heard about this bourbon? I, uh, yeah, ten year age stated. So ten year age stated. Right. Um, hundred proof. Hundred proof. Uh, MSRP one hundred and fifteen, one hundred fifteen right? bucks. Okay, well that's reasonable. So, so when I was, so but when this I, isn't going to be a permanent edition. It right? is. It is. Are you sure? Yes. Because I've heard both. Part I've heard, of Whiskey Row. Yes. Okay. I've heard now, it was just a according, like one year. According release. to what I've read, this is going to be because it's it's got the Whiskey Row labeling. I knew that, but I thought it's got the same look okay. now. It is a permanent extension. However, as far as the availability throughout each and every year. You know that's that's to come. We don't really so know what that's going to look like. Every year, I think what's going to happen is what we saw in, with 1910, where as soon as it released, it was gone. Yeah, and then it took a while for it to come back, and then it was just kind of sitting on shelves. So I got like some of the best comments and some of the best um, 
uh, conversation starters, you know, in the comments. And I love when the viewers like comment and, you know, with some really thoughtful, you know, it's not just, you know, like bullshit, like, like a lot of comments you get, but I mean, a lot of people were, were, were posting really like thoughtful, like reactions to the old force from 1920. And it really kind of brought me to a realization, I the, think. The 20 or the 20? I'm sorry, the 1924. Okay. A realization that people were, um, just like sick and tired of being sick and tired of all these limited releases and yeah. these high prices, especially that the big distillers are trying to uh, kind of pull over on us. Now, when I reviewed it, I was doing my final breakdown at the end, and I kind of give you a value. And I usually say low low value, below average. If it's even, I or think it's like, well, yeah. Right. yeah. So I said, based on what Old Forester usually charges, because remember, Old Forester stuff is usually four to, six, four to six years old. And they're charging you what sixty sixty five for right. nineteen twenty. I think it's fifty. And even even the uh, even the old Forester barrel proofs. Yeah, I mean that's those four, are like eighty. It was like eighty. Those are forty five years old. Those are four to five year old whiskeys. Like, and it's hard to find those at that price. You usually find them secondary through groups for like a hundred and forty, hundred and thirty. Yeah. So uh, so I said based on that that the value for one uh, for nineteen twenty four. I'm like for one fifteen. I think this is even. I think this is what I would expect Old Forester to come out with. What's what was the proof? A hundred. Yeah, you said that. Okay, so yeah. it's so it's ten years old, a hundred proof, hundred fifteen dollars is now, is, is reasonable. If, so one hundred fifteen. So that's what I thought. But man, the comment section t- was tore it up, or not that they tore it up, but they said I'm not buying anything uh, from Old Forester for over a hundred based on what I have. If I can get nineteen twenty for sixty, nineteen ten for a little bit under sixty, and then on top of that, you got people who were like. We can. I'll just do the nineteen fifteen. Yeah, four hundred twenty bucks. The Hyman, and, the and Hyman edition. Yeah. That's two bottles. Yeah, the Hyman. So here's what I think their yeah. thought process is. You know, the price of nineteen ten, nineteen twenty, eighteen um, ninety seven. Yep, mm-hmm. eighteen seventy. Yeah. It's priced in the ballpark where they're. I'm going to take a chance on this, and they've tried it, and they like it. Mm-hmm. I think that a hundred and fifteen dollars is getting it's to be the an point old where it's like, fanboy is what it's going to be. It's going to be someone who's an old Forster fan. They're not going to want to just put hundred and twenty dollars out there to try it, you know, unless they're a big old Forster fan. Right. Well, even in eighteen ninety seven, a lot of people say that the bottled and bond is actually high price compared to some of the other bottled bottled and bonds you get on the market, which is a fair, which is a fair viewpoint. It's right up there with which the is right near E.H. Taylor. Yeah, but look at like Heaven. Williams bottled well, and bond. It's Jim not. Bean bottle it's and bond. not near E.H. Taylor's price? MSRP. What was it? What was the H. Taylor small batch? Forty like thirty five, forty two. It's like forty two bucks now. Yeah. Is it forty two? Yeah. It's like forty bucks now. Right. And then the, the, the Heaven, Heaven Hill bottled and bond is like sixty, it's, right? It's like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get that seven year Heaven Hill to right. be honest. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah, and that's fine. So I, so it's like to me there was like a big range. I'm like, all right, guys, because they what they were doing was comparing the 1924 Old Forester to all right. Well, I can get McKenna ten year for sixty. I can get Russell's ten year for thirty five, forty in some places. Which I could get e- the places that can get Eagle Rare easily. I could just get Eagle Rare. That's that's you know around ten years old for for MSRP. And I get that not everybody can get those no, things for that price. But did you have you released your review of it yet? Oh yeah, this yeah. Okay. I re- I released so it did on you Saturday. Like it? I thought it was actually a really nice profile. It didn't blow me away but obviously it's a hundred proof but i thought for an old forester 
It had some of that banana bread in it. Um, it was very fruit forward, which was surprising to me. I for, still got at that. 10 years? Yeah, I still got that. Well, just for an old forester, I really, you know, you always expect the banana to take over. Yeah, yeah. And while there was some of that there, it didn't really overpower the experience. Um, but on top of that, uh, you know, the more you sip it, the more kind of it falls off just because, you know, 100 proof to me is a little bit lower than what I normally drink. So, um, you know, but it was an interesting, it was an interesting whiskey to me because I thought it actually delivered a really nice profile. I compared it to 1920 on the video just to see what the differences were. And the new 1920s are just pure banana bread. Um, it lost that chocolate cherry note that I used to love from it. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. You know what would be a fun comparison for that? Signature bottled and bond 1924. Yeah. That's what I'm actually doing Wednesday on my live stream. Nice. I, but I'm throwing in like Russell's 10 year. Okay. I just want to see like what happens because I have a half a sample left. So I'm going to kind of throw well, that in there. Did you see that the guy who was begging for the age stated maker's mark? <laughs> the guy? <laughs> <laughs> that he, guy? He ranked Old Forester 100 higher. Does he have a beard? Than make, Maker's Mark Seller. I know. I thought but, that was funny. But that, but that goes to my point, though. Maker's Mark Cellar Age needs to be drank on its own. It dies and blinds. I just thought it was funny that what do we talk about all the time on this show? Mm-hmm. One Forester 100 Signature. Yeah. And, and it just always just surprises the hell out of me. It does. It's not like super crazy. It, so I would compare it to, like you said, your description of Jim Beam mm-hmm. products. Never super complex. But like rich in what it has, exactly. So like the flavors it has are rich and robust, but it's and consistent and consistent. But it's never like super complex in the sense that like as you drink it now and you drink it ten minutes from now, mm-hmm. the drinks in between it's changing as it goes. But it's consistent and it stays robust. It doesn't like, for example, ancient ancient age. You drink it and you're like, oh, this tastes like blends. And then after two or three drinks, you're like, okay, it doesn't taste like blends. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that first initial drink, you're like, oh, okay. But then the more you drink it and the more you visit it, it, it falls flat. Certain bourbons are like that for me. Um, but the old, the, the old Forest from 1924, the conversation shifted into like this whole, um, I'm done with these bourbon prices. I'm not paying anymore. I'm just buying what's on the shelf. I'm over it. So I'm like, and there were a lot of comments like that. And I'm like, man, well, let's, after 2023, are people just over it? Let's talk about that, though. Yeah. So, so not just Old Forester, but I feel like every brand, I mean, we're drinking some right now, yeah. are, are really, really hyper-focused on these limited editions, you know, limited time offerings. I would actually or, leave Knob Creek off the list because... Hard, Hardens Creek, you mean? I'm sorry, Hardens Creek, because they're really good values. No, uh, and we'll... we'll yeah, but, but I, that's still part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's their new entry but, into this but limited three edition. three bourbons at 100 almost $200, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, so so my point is, is that, like, all of these places, they're, they're still pumping out their regular stuff, and some people might argue that some of their regular stuff is actually falling a little bit. Yeah. Because they're cutting into some of that, you know, source mm-hmm. product that's that's being fed into that. So so maybe they're not letting it age as long or, or whatever the case may be. I know I've heard things like that with Blanton's and other things, but you know what so is that indicative what you saw in that thread or in that discussion, mm-hmm. do you think that's going to become the the so I know there's different levels of, of bourbon people. Mm-hmm. So the the bourbon chasers probably aren't going to stop. 
that's not going to get affected unless they just start getting screwed. And then, then the price for like flipping goes down and things like that, that, that return, you know, ROI, that return on investment, if it starts going down, that'll stop. But, but the true people that enjoy bourbon and are chasing bourbon to drink it, I think nothing's going to shake them at this point, unless something better comes along the line. But those average regular everyday people that are getting in on the craze, do you think this is going to slow that down? All these limited releases. Do you think it's going to, especially when you taste a whole bunch of stuff and it's just like, eh, it was 120 bucks. And so I think, I think you have a, a group of uh, people that are into the bourbon hobby that maybe got into it maybe within the last year, yeah. maybe a little longer. And 2023, I mean, just for me, like as a reviewer, was exhausting. Because there were so many new things, so right? so many releases that come out. But that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, you're trying to track crazy. them down. And like for me, a guy that like, you know, has a great network of people out there that helped me get bottles, it was still a pain in the ass. So I can only imagine like somebody just getting into it that's trying to find these bottles and they can't because these guys are lining up and the prices are high. I could see them getting burned out like, like that. Um, so I do. I do think that there's a specific burnout that's either on the horizon or still coming, but you're still going to have the people with huge wallets that have recently come into the bourbon market that are just buying up whatever they can. They're stocking up. They're stocking up. Yeah. They're, I mean, I saw a guy on secondary. <coughs> I don't even know who this guy is, but I saw this uh, resale market site, and this guy had a picture of – I forgot what the bottle was. It was something like not that expensive, but behind it, he literally had a shelf with King of Kentucky's and George T. Staggs, and these things were at least five, six deep, and then he had like four or five rows of it. I'm like, why the fuck does this guy have some? Like, how? How is this happening? How do they get them? Yeah, how is Constantly. he getting this stuff? I get if a guy gets one once in a while. Well, that's so that's the thing. Money. That's it, just, yeah. th- these are the guys that have a shit ton of money, and they're devoting a lot of their time to either just they have disposable income, they could buy them, or it's a secondary market thing where... It's like throwing your dick on a table and yeah. measuring with somebody else. Yeah, which just doesn't really do it for me. Like, show me something unique you have. Yeah. Uh, King of Kentucky actually does impress me. When you have that many, though, it's almost like, okay, there's something weird going on. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I was, I chuckled when you were talking about 1924 and mm-hmm. people saying, I'd rather have, you know, I can get this for this price. And Henry McKenna for $60. I want to know, are these the guys saying Henry McKenna is not worth $60 when comparing it to other stuff, too? Well, that was that, now against 1924. That was my whole thing. It's like, these are, might be the same guys that are buying Blanton's for, you know, $100, and that's uh-huh. a four-year-old product, but right. you want the bottle. Mm-hmm. So, I think... Uh, I think it also plays into some of the value thing, the value issues that you get with some of the bigger distillers. When you have such a lineage of bourbons and stuff that's available on the shelf that's at a good price, it's almost like, how dare you bring out something over $100? Yet, how many bottles do we see from smaller distillers that get on the shelf for 100 or more that are maybe not mm-hmm. that old or it's sourced and people have no problem buying those? So, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird thing that I notice, and I definitely want to address it in one of my live streams. It's interesting. I, I will make the argument that a lot of those smaller distilleries probably have to charge that much at this day. Well, that's my, argu- that's, that's my argument always. You can't right. compare because yeah, of the volume. A, agreed. You can't compare Beam to, you know, Woodenville. Yeah. Because Woodenville's, uh, you know, their, their volume is fractional to that. So, yeah. like, what do you... What do you expect? They have to pay their prices. They're probably still paying on stuff. 
that they own. Whereas Beam, they're only paying on new things. Like, yeah, the, I mean, we saw it, guys. I mean, the volume that they're making, yeah, the it's amount insane. of barrels, it's insane. It's the same thing the as Buffalo Trace, Trace and Trace. Heaven Hill, yeah. and they're all those those big ones are just pumping stuff. And the Buffalo out. Trace expansion, everyone's waiting for. Oh, they're all going to be, be on the shelf. They're all going to no, they're not no. because Buffalo Trace is still going to hold that shit back because that's what they do. Yep. Well. What might happen is you might see it spread out across all their brands that there's a little bit more Eagle Rare. There's a little bit more uh, Weller. There yeah. might be a little bit more uh, George T. Stagg or a little bit more well- William Le- uh, LaRue Weller. But it'll never, but it'll never sit but on the shelf right. because uh, bourbon consumers will, will never let that happen as long as the, Buffalo Trace leads the pack in all this craziness. Taterness. Tater, taterness. Real men of taters. Real men of taters. I need you to record a couple of those. I know I do. I got, I, I got your message. <laughs> I just, I'm, 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 I'm ready. I've used AI. I've been trying to. Is that what you used? I used really? AI to get, uh, who was it? It was, um, I used AI to do, uh, what's her head's voice? Um, that did the movie with, uh, where she played a singer in the movie. She's a real singer in real life, and she was in the movie with the big actor who was in The Hangover, uh, Lady Gaga. Oh, oh! So I did one with Lady Gaga's voice. Oh God! Wow, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> he took mine and you turned went, it in. You went high end. Lot <laughs> <laughs> we'll to live you, up to. Yeah. Turned, I'll let you listen to it. When yeah. we, when I'm we not singing it. it now. Not after you got Lady Gaga to do it. <laughs> Here's the problem, Bradley Cooper. Lady yeah. Gaga's basically with my voice is just spit polishing a turn. <laughs> You heard my voice, so there's only so much she can do to it. <laughs> I mean, you could have my version, like Listen, Milly Vanilli. If my notes were off to begin with, yeah. she's not going to figure out what the notes were supposed to be in the AI version. <laughs> so, so real quick before we get to the Hardens Creeks, uh, the the uh, the Kentucky series. Um, uh, one more thing about 1924. It's an interesting release because it's 10 years old, and if you look at, like I said, if you look at the the stuff that Old Forester has on the shelf, it's only four to six years old. Obviously, they use heat-cycled warehouses, mm-hmm. and they only have three other age-stated products from Old Forester, if you think about it. They have Birthday Bourbon, which is age-stated. President's they have Choice. President's Choice, and they have King of Kentucky. Um, I know mm-hmm. King of Kentucky is the early times mash bill, but Old Forester actually does still make that mash bill in small quantities, even though they sold it to Sazerac. And uh, apparently, 1924 is a blend of those two mash bills because it's a uh, it's an ode to Osley Brown and the anniversary of him blending different mash bills uh, back in the day. So that's what this 1924 homage is to. So I think that 1924 is actually a blend of the two mash bills. The standard Old Forester mash bill with 18% rye and the early times mash bill, which is, I can't remember, I think it's a lower rye content. Yeah, I was wondering how they were going to do more whiskey row if they ever got yeah. to it. Like, what and now they have two non-heat cycled warehouses, Old Forester. A lot of people don't realize that. Okay. So I feel like that's where they're moving their barrels once it hits a certain maturation because you can't heat cycle slung, anything slung for like it. ten years. It's gonna. Yeah, it's gonna, gonna be over oaked. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna get gonna over oaked and yeah, bitter. It's, it's gonna taste more like a Texas. Yeah. I think we're all in a consensus that Old Forester's like sweet spot is a hundred proof. It is. So I'm, oh, I'm I, all for trying. One hundred percent. And I think it actually tastes. It actually tastes really good. Now I said on the review. <clears throat> do not overpay for it. It's not worth the three hundred and three fifty that guys are trying to sell it for already. Already? Um, oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. I had a buddy who texted me the other day and said he he had won the Daniel Weller in the OHLQ. Oh and wow. I wanted to know if anyone one of my friends wanted to buy it for two thousand. I'm like, no, I can tell you now, no. Yeah. <laughs> two thousand. I haven't heard anything like he hasn't bought it yet, right? No, he already bought the. Oh, he bought the bottle. Well, I believe so. 
Well, it was 500 I mean, retail, wasn't it? Yes. But yeah. why, like, who... I'm thinking he's is, waiting is, to pick it up, and uh, he's like, is somebody going to buy it from me, and then he'll is go get it. Is Daniel Weller selling for 2000 in the secondary? Yeah. Yeah, 2600 Well, people are putting it up for that much, yeah. I've seen them posted in that's for cheapest, the that's cheapest. Insane. The cheapest I ever saw it on resale was 1800 bucks. That's insane. For a wheat that... Or and, a, uh, and the one guy writes, that's a great price. I'm like, you're a lunatic. Right. For a wheat that we've never tasted. Yeah, for a weeder that you know, but but again, these are the guys that are going to put it on the shelf, and it's a trophy. Yep, that's not a, something they would hey, share. You can't use the compass if it's just sitting there unopened. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You can't you use the damn drink compass. It. Drink it, refill it with something I want else. The compass. Yeah. You want All the right. cork? Let's get. Let's jump into the Harden's. It's Harden yeah. Creek time, baby. Let's go. Let's I go, say baby. we we start with uh, Frankfurt. Well, no. Let's let's go in the order they were released. Okay, so Claremont, Claremont, first. Frankfurt, okay. Boston. All right, Claremont first. So open up the Claremont. Do that we need? Uh, do we need uh, more glasses? Do you, or want, do you want fresh glasses? I just rinsed mine out with water. Oh yeah, I'll just do that. That's fine. I've got fresh if you need them. No, I'm good. This one's empty because I blended them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. While he's rinsing, grab the Claremont ten. Be careful. No, that's the Frankfurt. That's the one on the left here. Yeah, that's that's the Claremont. We put them in order. Now I will say, this is these are fancy bottles. I love the bottles. Love the bottles, and I too. love the the like you mentioned earlier. Um, they they come in a tin. Mm-hmm. It's a flimsy tin, but I don't care about that. It looks nice, and it's got a booklet right with information about the the release. Um, <laughs> Vanna White over here is showing us, and uh, as JD mentioned earlier, it's got a very very hefty. Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, bottle stopper uh, cork, cork which I love <laughs> I love when they've got and again what are you going to do with them when they're done I mean I don't know but it's a very hefty cork and I love that so Jason you brought the Claremont yep. tonight that's I have, my uh, so I have the other two it'll be interesting to see what my results are tonight because when I blinded it for my top of the year the Claremont was actually my favorite. Yeah. So we'll see. But I do like the Boston too a lot. The Boston was really good. Yeah. yeah we had Having that, that on that tr- on that tour that we did yep. is what put me into freaking uh, Harden's Creek mode. I was like, all right. Once I saw them, I was like, okay. That right. tasting put me on the lookout for Little Book Three. I'm starting off small, and we'll see. I might have to revisit. That Little Book Three was delicious. Is, the lid's not on very good, so just the lid. The lid. Jason, you were spot on with that pick. Which one, Little, Little Book? Little Book 3, when, at the end. That was good. Oh, you guys, that's right. You guys went back to that. What did I do? I had a... Uh, Baker's 13? Yeah, I did a Baker's 13. That's what Yeah, I did. the Little Book, that's a special... That Little Book is a uh, special bottle. You're just not going to have all those all those different bourbons of cast strength blended together. I mean, yeah. you never get Basil Hayden to cast strength, ever. So, have you guys had Here. the Basil Hayden <clears throat> malted rye? I haven't had it yet. It was sitting in the... It's, it's always sitting in the store. Okay. But I haven't bought it yet. I was going to say, it's sitting at Giant Eagle <laughs> in Parkway. I didn't know if you were not able to find it. You just hadn't looked or what, so... I was surprised by that Basil Hayden toast. I liked it. Yeah. It was all right. <laughs> Basil Hayden toast? It was okay. I think it's a. I think it's an okay, um, you know, whiskey for people that are looking to you know, try something for, toasted. Listen, that was my first entry into... Basil Hayden, other than the, what is it, the rum, the Caribbean rum when they did? What was it called? Basil Hayden did a rum? It wasn't a rum. It was a rum finish. Uh, what was it? Jason, you know what I'm talking about. The uh, Wild Turkey? 
No, no, no. Basil Hayden did a, like a Caribbean rum finish or yeah, something. Yeah, but that was, a, that was a blended whiskey. They literally poured rum in it. Whatever. My point is that was the first Basil Hayden I've ever had. This was the toasted was the second Basil Hayden I've ever had in, oh, my, okay. in my life. I have a Basil Hayden bottle sitting back there. Although I think I actually gave it away to someone <laughs> as a gift. Um, anyway, so I don't think I have any Basil Hayden actually. So I may have the rye back there. What I, I find kind of nuts is their 10-year Basil Hayden 80 proof is 80 bucks. Well, I mean... I mean, if you're going by price point for a year. That's cheap, but it's, what is it, still 80 proof? It's just not a great experience. Like, well, it doesn't overwhelm some you. Some people loved it, and they were buying it. When it first came out, it was disappearing off the shelves fast. All right, what do you get on the nose on this, man? I get that. I To be honest, I get a little bit of that confectioner sugar, but I get some oak in the background. Mm -hmm. These are all 17 years, right? So the idea behind the Hardens Creek releases of the, the locational releases, you've got Claremont, Frankfurt, and Boston. They, are, they took and they distilled the bourbon, um, the same for all three of these, and then they shipped them off to different places to age, right, for 17 years? Uh -huh. So these are all 17-year-old They're also these – so it's a cool story. <clears throat> all, the seven, all these bourbons are 17 years old. They were all – the barrels were all filled at the same exact day. At the same exact proof, just but they were just they right? were just put in different locations. They were aged for seventeen years in those different locations to see exactly what very the, very what similar, yeah, kind of a the... play on what Wild Turkey does with the single Rick House, yeah, where you just can kind of you know discover the different flavor profiles of each Rick House. Now these are batched, right? So do we know the sizes of of each one of these batches? No, not like that I remember off Twenty barrels. But, I mean, there was barrels, a good amount 15. of bottles. There was a good amount of bottles for these. From yeah, what I imagine. Yeah. Okay. I kind of get like a Rick Housey type smell or a nose. That was what I loved about the Claremont. Like, like when you first just like walk a into house. a Rick yeah. House. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that I do get that. You're right. Uh, it's almost like, like that. Um, my first experience ever walking into a Rick House. Guess where it would be. Most of you are going. I mean, it's not. It's Wild super, Turkey? No. New Riff? No. The OFC in at Buffalo Trace. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Okay. So that was the first time I ever. So Trina and I went on a tour. We, a tour? I'd said that for <laughs> Tyler's sake. Um, so we went on a tour there. It was uh, on our way down to Nashville for her birthday, for her 40th birthday. And so we were on our way down to Nashville. I convinced her to stop. We stopped. And this was a, the reason I had her stop and do this. I was just getting into bourbon at the time. And our friends left after we did. And I needed to give them time to pass us and get to Nashville before us and set up for her birthday. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't, she didn't know. She thought it was just her and I going on a trip. She didn't know that it, was, it was, ended up being a surprise party. And we had a weekend down in Nashville with our friends. And uh, so they got to the Airbnb first and only because we stopped and did this tour at uh, Buffalo Trace. But anyway, the first time I walked into the OF, like I fell in love. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And Trina was like, yeah, this smells awesome. And just getting to Buffalo Trace. Like if you're going to go somewhere for the very first time, Maker's Mark, Buffalo Trace. I mean, those are amazing. Dude, any any Rick House you walk into for the first time, just that first time you yeah. smell it, there's nothing like it. But like, but but think about that very first experience going to a distillery. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Trace's campus is amazing because it just it looks old and it smells amazing. Yeah, coincidentally, my first walk into a warehouse was actually at Buffalo Trace. Same. 
Yeah. I was on the hard hat tour, E.H. Taylor tour. Oh, yeah. And uh, felt like I was walking through like the Industrial Revolution yeah. in the back parts of that. But Maker's Mark's just pure beautiful. Maker's Mark's is, is beautiful, yeah, too. Campus. That limestone rickhouse. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, like, what so a, interesting. can you think of any other? Like, the Jim Beam one was pretty neat. The Jim Beam one was really cool. Stitzel Weller has a really cool Stitzel Weller, there, that's a cool one, even though it's not really a, too much of a functioning distillery right. anymore. But it was a cool it But was a you cool can see tour. the history there. Yeah. That, so that was cool. Um, I mean, Heaven Hill's rickhouses are, you know, yeah. they, they remind me a lot of... Uh, but when you get to Heaven Hill, you don't just smell... Yeah, because it's, it's so because it's, it's so like fast. Out, yeah. yeah, well, but, they don't they don't distill there, right? Yeah, yeah but just being in Bardstown is well, just those just driving. Are, in, yeah, just driving. But through, I think that's from it. seventeen. I think that's from Barton. Yeah, I honestly think that's from Barton. Barton's Barton's rickhouses I've been in, and they remind me a lot of the Buffalo Trace warehouses. Yeah. And they smell amazing. Unique distillery was so, in Bardstown. So we all yeah. agree this smells like a rickhouse, basically. Yeah, it smells like a rickhouse, but I feel like the palate has a little bit more balance to this one on the Claremont, which is why I think probably liked it. Um, it's more of like that. It kind of brings me back to the 184 mm. Hardens Creek, where you got some really nice uh, spice to it. Yeah, there's, there's some, some nice oak the there. A mm-hmm. little bit of dark fruit punch, but nothing. Nailed it. Have yeah. you had this before? Not this one. Neither have I. I, had I've, I've, I've Oh, you've only had the Boston, just like mm-hmm. I've had the Boston and the Frankfurt. Did you tell Jason how you got the the one? I did, but I'm not supposed to mention that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So the the Boston one I found when I got home, and I was just like, we just tasted this. I'm buying this, <laughs> and the other one I happened upon. Yes, in a way that I cannot mention. So, <laughs> the uh, Claremont is not mine. That one's Jason's. The other two were mine. So I was hoping he could bring that today, which yeah. he he was able to. So that's good. Thank big, you. Big fan of the Claremont. This is yeah. This is really that's this a good really way to good. Really describe nice. it. It's very very balanced. Um, it's, yeah, it's just super balanced. It doesn't go good spice at the end. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It has a good finish, but it's not like some crazy long, like lingering finish. Yeah, again, 110 proof. It has a really nice proof point, but I feel like you get a lot of flavor on the Claremont. Um, Yeah, it's it's uh, like when you compare it to. So think of the out of the two Hardens Creeks we had. Which one was your favorite? And like compared to the Claremont, you find it similar or or different? Some. I'd say it's more similar. I think it's more. I think it's more similar to the 184. Uh, yes, the first year, the one and, that we liked. Yeah, yeah. Then the two eleven, which was a lot sweeter, which we yes. thought. Yeah, yeah. So, but I do, I do have some similarities on the nose to the second one with this Claremont release, but mm-hmm. the palette's more similar to the first one. Yeah, I can of see the, that of the Jacobs. Well, to me, I just love. It. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think this is a killer release. This is good from Beam. I think Beam, like I said, I think Beam killed it this year. I'm I think them back on and Jack Daniels are kind of like my top distilleries from 2023. Jack just. Killed it this year. Uh, well, last I mean, two. they've really embraced the, you know, the single barrels, and now they've got the rise coming out, and the, the riser shelfers now. And then um, age stated, they did some age stated stuff this year. Age stated, they did a ten to twelve. They did a twice barreled rye. They did a uh, like a what's the the jack the the bonded rye that was what like a thirty dollar bottle. Yeah, I mean, I think they yeah, they did really good stuff too. Yeah, did I think you say the barrel proof rye. The barrel proof rye, yeah, yeah, the ones that are, that are shelfers now. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, they're not completely shelfers because people buy them up fast. But. I got an early release of those. I found it in Tennessee, and I want to say it was 135.3 proof. Wow. I just did, wow. uh, I was just there. I did two uh, two picks. We picked two barrels. Nice. Oh, man, I cannot wait. They you are should go. so stupid good. Yeah, I, I, so I hadn't visited a Jack Daniels in a while, and uh, 
I was going to the gym. We were having our Friday, first Friday of the month. I hadn't been there in a while. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go. I took a bottle of Jack Daniels and holy cow, I forgot how good those are. Yeah. If you look, you need to go in my little room over there and look at my uh, discards. I need to get them out to the, I need to take a picture so I can get them off my, <laughs> get them off my Excel spreadsheet. Um, but there's like seven bottles in there that I've killed since New Year's. Really? Yes. Yeah, just, just little anchors that I was just like, okay, I got to make room. Yeah, I gotta, I've got to make room yeah. for stuff. Saving a couple pours of, and you're just like, oh, all right. And oh, oh my God. You kind of have to do that eventually. I mean, mm-hmm. I was doing the, but I mean, most of the, the ones I left me, over. Though. It kills me when I get to the last drink of a certain bottle sometimes. I gambled on a Jack Daniels on my trip to Georgia too. I picked up a 375 of one of their distiller collection ones. And yeah. it's the one that's finished in like toasted pecan wood chips. Oh, that one's really good. Is it? Yeah. I scored on I that. I like that one. So you haven't opened it yet? No. Oh. Okay. I'll have to bring it. Bring yeah. it yeah. Actually, uh, Jack Daniels sent me the one uh, when we were there doing the pick and it was, we actually were watching it getting bottled. And they sent me that one. It was the uh, the sherry finish one, okay, oh, wow. which was an interesting to have Jack Daniels on a sherry finish was yeah. kind of cool. It was either that or hey, it was the tequila finished one. Clean glass right behind that Hardens Creek bottle right there. Oh, I'm good. I watch this out. I'm making a uh, Hardens Creek Infinity Blend. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So, <laughs> all right, so we're moving on now to the Frankfurt the Infinity Glen. I've I opened this last week just to give us a. Uh, do you unsnap it? Oh. Yeah, you unsnap it. I unsnap it. I just pull it over. <laughs> Fold it over. It's like, it's like you having sex do. in the back of a car. It's you like how you pull down, the, pull down the pants to your knees. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's like how uh, <laughs> it's like how dude zips his pants not yeah. all the way, just a little bit. It's, it's like, it's like it when out. you see a toddler take a leak at the uh, at the urinal. They pull oh their pants God. down to their ankles. You want to hear a funny story? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Want to hear a funny story? <laughs> your really parents quick? gonna step in and tell you the real way to do it. Want to hear a funny story? Really quick. I do. I do. I'm so, always for hearing a funny story. I, usually, I know you say when I say that, it, usually it's not going to be I'm funny. I'm not saying but we're you. Judge I'm just this. saying most people, <laughs> when they say, oh, I've got a funny story. You, you've heard, not funny. You've earned, you've earned some equity with the uh, <laughs> real, real meditators thing. So we'll see how the, if this stays. So um, I went. we were driving out to western Michigan, Holland, uh, Grand Rapids area. Had my kids. They were young. My youngest, Conrad. Was uh, trying to pour it with the cork on. <laughs> I caught that. It doesn't work very well. He's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> it took him a second to. Where did he it go? Was, he was smacking the bottom why of it like it, it was ketchup. Why is it coming out? It's like those ketchup bottles look so full. Yeah. Pour so empty. Um, so we're go- we stop at the beach, and uh, Conrad, my youngest, is, uh, I want to say, four at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to. I'm like, one, two, one. <laughs> Just. Go in the lake. Everybody else does. Doesn't walk into the lake. Drops swimsuit. Standing there. I see him. I'm like, oh my God. Look. <laughs> hey, whose kid is this? He <laughs> <laughs> so just pulled funny. his pants on and started, uh, just peeing, started peeing full stream uh, in the lake. Into the lake. That's good. Now that's a real kid of genius. You know what, though? Like, the fish do it. I don't know what people like. On, it's not a pool, which. First off, if I mean you're in a pool, that thing's freaking doused in, in chlorine anyway. But like a pool is at least a small body of water. A, a, a lake is something that everything is taking a dump into. You know, your your <laughs> boats are dumping into it nonstop. People, fish, whatever. Like it, whatever. It, it's a big lake. It is. Lake Michigan's big. It's All a right. big toilet. Oh, Lake Michigan. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I caught that part. Wow. Okay. All right, knows this one. 
I don't get the sweetness on the nose that I got on the first one. So from what I've reviewed it, if I remember, and this goes back to what JT was saying earlier about this being a little bit more floral. Yeah. I think the I think there's a lot more spice in this one. And the Frankfurt. So was this aged at Old Granddad? Uh, warehouses in Frankfurt? Yes, uh, I believe so. But well, I don't know exactly if that's true or not. It doesn't tell you the location. It just says yeah, place. It just says Frankfurt. It's so a I'm lot not... sweeter than Claremont on the nose. So mm-hmm. for the, the first one. I think one, it's sweet and spicy. The Claremont, it says. I get pixie stick. <laughs> oh, I like that one. So for the Claremont, Take it says, it uh, the microclimates shaped by the rigid and rolling hills define the area around Claremont and the liquid <laughs> that was aged here. Uh, and then it says, they, I love how they say rack instead of Rick. Yeah, they say rack house. Uh, which I think is funny. And they also don't say we use this bourbon. They say liquid stream. Yeah. Which drives rack, me nuts. Like rack. Rack is in like nice rack. Yeah. So they say <laughs> in a rack house. Swa- oh, that'd be a nice shirt. A bourbon shirt that just says nice rack. Oh, with like a bourbon glass on it, because, like Glen Karen, and it just says "nice rack." Oh, I like that a lot. That's not bad. That's I not don't, bad. don't get it. Rack house. Or, or a barrel, a barrel. It yeah, could, it may not have a Glen Karen, but a barrel. Uh, it says in a rack house uh, swathed by thick woodland, Claremont took on a warmth that may as well have come from the strong Kentucky sun itself. Um, and then, so this one, Frankfurt says, climate humidity hangs heavy at our campus in Frankfurt. Seeming to slow the passage of time itself. It only makes the whiskey better. And then it says, for place, there's less ventilation in the rack houses in Frankfurt, which allows the liquid to age at its own pace and take on a subtle campfire and cigar box nose. I don't get the campfire nose. I don't. Uh, you know what? Actually, I do. The first one, I got a, ver- I got a, a sweeter nose. This one's a lot more of a... I, I would say more tobacco to me. I get tobacco. But but campfire, I could maybe see that, like the burning of the wood. Um, yep. I don't get oak necessarily, but I get like like tobacco or burning burning wood. I, I get it when I really get in there. Yeah. yeah. I get, I'm telling you, yeah, when I, I remember getting like a lot of tobacco and spice when yeah. I had it. And, uh, oh, so you said tobacco as well. Okay. I don't know if I said tobacco when I first – I just got a lot of spice, I remember, when yeah. I – it was very, uh, it was very savory forward yeah. to me. That it does yeah. seem more savory. Which I mean, you can get into cigars. There, there are spicy cigars. I get into that point too. Yeah, the darker ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's and then it says discover t- taste the rich yet floral tobacco notes. Floral that humidity and time imbue. It okay. may be aged for seventeen years, but its soul is even older. That was my. Uh, that was the first thing I smelled when I reviewed this. Uh, I was like floral and spice. That's yeah. what I got. You sound like Morgan Freeman when you read that. that was you did. Good. You did kind of. You should uh, do some like audiobooks. You should hear when I. So I used to do voiceovers for a lot of my uh, video stuff that we would do in the past. So they would send me a whole bunch of stuff, and I would edit it, do some Final Cut Pro stuff, and they're like, "Hey, just go ahead and uh, record the voiceover." So I would always, <laughs> I would always do this more, like you know how you do your radio voice thing. Yeah. I have this voiceover voice that I do, and it's I'm a little nasally right now because I'm just a little stuffy, but but I when I do it, I've had people come back to me. I did it for uh, you should oh. You should see some of the the videos I did that are just stupid for <laughs> Unicorn Nation Apparel. You know, Tony, you'd never met Tony, but I we have a guy. What was the what was the uh, Dos Equis guy? Uh, he was the most oh, most interesting man in the world. Yeah, and so oh yeah, that guy. So we yeah. did a we did a take on that, but it wasn't most interesting man in the world. It was most something man in the world, and I can't remember what what word we used. Um, but we did a very and we used a lot of the Chuck Norris. Quotes, <laughs> and then and then we would then go to him, 
and uh, he'd be standing there doing something or he was in the middle of something. He actually only has nine toes. So one of the things we did was like he wrestled an alligator in the Amazon and <laughs> lost his toe or whatever. But uh, And then there was another one where he's landing on the moon. And there's a we took a footprint of him on the beach and made it look like the moon. <laughs> and it said the people landing on the moon was like one small step for man. Oh, shit. Houston, we have a problem. And then it shows that there was someone already there before them. <laughs> like basically that, That's he was at, cool. that he was yeah. at the moon before everyone else. Is. I dig it. So we did a whole series of those for our Unicorn Nation apparel. Love stuff, it. And, and they were good. It's a good idea. Um, but anyway, I so I was doing that stuff. So I was I didn't know that you didn't know that I edit video. No. That's no. funny. I'm uh, yeah. I'm an amateur. I'm in the market for I'm it. I'm an amateur for sure. Chuck but Norris I, doesn't get covid he gives COVID Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good ones of those. I've read some new ones that I'm like, God, I gotta, I've got to redo this whole series. Yeah. But yeah, we actually had a lot of people loving those those videos. But anyway, all right, let's let's go to palette on this one. So again, we're in the we're Frankfurt here, and this yeah. one this one definitely a little bit more spice forward in my opinion. That's yeah, delicious. but it's good. It's good. It's That's really delicious. Um, I do like the spice of this one. Yes. Yeah, sometimes I don't. This one I really do. I really enjoy the spice on this I one. I think it's a nice, like, uh, it's a nice, uh, not to get a fancy word here, but it's a nice amalgam of spice where you have, it doesn't Almost just like come off as just like a rye and pepper. Yeah. You have like, there's like a little cinnamon in there that might be a little bit of like a... Like I think that peppery, a, like basil note, almost. You know? That's a good description. <laughs> like the big red cinnamon. Just a lot of a lot of spice, not just yeah. one one thing. Not just one. Not like baking like spice pepper, in your yeah. face, but like I feel like it's like a different. It's like a combination like of different spices. I like how the spice doesn't escalate and get more intense. It's kind of there mm -hmm. and it just holds. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it and it finishes strong. It does in a good it, way. It definitely has the best finish, I think, out of all three. Well, we'll get to the Boston, um, but wow, yeah, I'm, this one has a really nice spice to it. Really good finish. I think it lingers, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't know. In my opinion, it doesn't have the complexity that Claremont has. Maybe. I think. I think this is. I think this is like a. It, you know, it's like a boxer that comes in with like two, three really good punches, knocks you out, and then it's done. Whereas Claremont just jabs you to death with a lot of different flavors. Well, we're doing one, two, three now, and then I'm going to revisit them three, two, one, mm -hmm. and see what I end up with. But I, but yeah, so far I'm actually uh, I'm you enjoying like the Frankfurt one. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, and it may just be because I'm having it second. But so far, yes, I'm yeah. liking it a little bit better. I think. Um, but again, that's why I'm going to re reverse the, the JT, trend. you like this one over the Claremont? You like that spice? I like Frankfurt better than Claremont. Yeah. Yeah. That's, this is a, this is my jam. And you know why? And it's it, it actually surprises me that you don't like this one better too. Cause how much you like your finishes. Me too. But, uh, I just, cause I, the Claremont, Claremont does have a finish to it, but it's a it more is. of a complex finish. Yeah. This is the spice finish. Which I do like. Yeah. No, I get um, that. I get yeah. all, I get what you're saying. For 17 years, none of these are over oak so far. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. It's nice. These have to be. I mean, how how is that? How is that bottom? Probably bottom of the Rick House. Yeah. You would think. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you can avoid over oaking, overheat. And just because it says Claremont or Frankfurt, it doesn't mean that they moved around different Rick Houses if they had to. Yeah. 
you know, it could just, that's the campus. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we don't know exactly. Sure. What if it was getting too, as they're tasting it, then they just getting too much. They just set it in an air-conditioned room and back it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't know. They put Maker Celery just yeah. store, store yeah. it somewhere. Calling on makers. Can we use your limestone warehouse for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Can we, uh, they have a freezer that just stops all the yeah. aging. Put yeah. it in Jim Beam Coy Hill and took yeah. it out after This is years. perfect, but we need it to be 17 years, so we're going to put it in a freezer. <laughs> and, uh, in halt, a freezer halt the aging yeah. well because what do they say like once it gets below 30 the aging process kind of stops yeah. yeah i mean i'm sure it probably oxidizes a little bit still but but at least the oak aging portion mm-hmm. of it my experimental five liter barrel is actually in the garage right now yeah trying to get it cold again trying Beautiful. to suck or pull the, all of that liquid out of the wood back yeah. into it i put my wife in the garage the other day for that same reason she was a little too cold. I was trying to get her to suck all the liquid out of her. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, what? Cold wife. What happened? Um, I had a right. buddy of mine that wanted to get his uh, <laughs> license plate on his car that says cold wife, but only because she's always cold, I thought not kinda, because she's a cold wife. I thought you kind of wanted the rigor mortis feeling or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. And she's no. like, don't you dare put that on your car. No, no cold wife. That just sounds like I'm a bitch. <laughs> I have two jokes about Trina. It, one of them is she's dead inside. <laughs> so it is rigor. <laughs> like, but she's she truly does have like emotions and stuff. But like she she hides it the best she can. Yeah. So like I always yeah. joke about her being dead inside. Yeah. The other one is Hurricane Katrina, and because anytime she does anything, it's just like when she's done. It's a fucking like whirlwind happened. So like she just makes pre-made foods <laughs> that we order from Fit Fresh. And just preparing a pre-made meal, I come up when she's done and the kitchen is a wreck. I'm like, what you just throw it in the microwave. <laughs> what why is there just shit all over the, it's strewn about? <laughs> Gotta make it look like I'm putting effort into I, this. Maybe yeah. that could be. I could be. Boston. Boston, let's do it up. I'm ready. I've got a. I've got an empty glass ready to go. So we got Boston, our our final release of the of the Hardens Creek series. Got Baston. Baston. And it's weird. Every time I open up the ten, I hear someone say Baston. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds kind of like Ben Affleck. It's weird. They got a whole unique dialect up there in Boston. Oh, they do. I worked in Boston for a long time. For a long time, I have a good buddy of mine who was a Boston cop, and I swear every other word is fuck, fuck. Oh fuck, yeah, that's that's like fucking, part of that's fucking, just honestly that's like when you hear a guy who gives a, a speech and you hear them just like uh, 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 in Boston that word is fuck. Gotcha. <laughs> that makes sense. So like if you hear a, a speech in Boston instead of being uh, uh, they're just like fuck fuck <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pausing you know filler is fuck yeah so gotta love it well I actually was listening to your uh, to your recent episodes and going through like your bourbons of the year oh so, yeah yeah that was that was pretty cool to listen to JT's uh, list I, was pretty interesting because he does like weird shit all of yeah all of my <laughs> If, if you notice, all of my bourbons of the year were pretty much shit you brought to me. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I was like, oh, kind of glad I had a hand oh, on that. Yeah. I brought him that. Oh, yeah. I brought him that. I brought yeah. him that. <laughs> Single Rickhouse, uh, Single Rickhouse, well, Mcdrew's Ten, the, the the Four Roses, Limited Four Roses, Limited, this year. Yeah, Anderson LA. County. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I had a really good year. I feel like this year of, and it was mostly because of you, but I had a really good year of tasting just a lot of really good stuff. 
And, and I think part of it is you, but also part of it is because like you said, there were things this year that, that didn't, that you're used to not being very good coming back to being yeah. good again this year. Like the yeah. Mictors 10. It was a the, great year of bourbon in 2023. How did the Mictors, uh, Finished your- uh, finished fourth in my list. Oh, the Mictors 10? Yeah, Mictors 10 year finished fourth. I actually thought it would be my bourbon of the year, and it definitely has that. What was your bourbon of the year? The Single Rick House. Uh, okay. Russell's. What yeah. were your two and three? Camp Nelson F. Uh, Camp Nelson F was my number one. Number two was Elijah Craig C923. Okay. Number three was Four Roses 135th, and oh. number four was Mictors. So two of those three were on my yeah. list. Yeah. All right. I, was, I mean, I love doing the end of the year blinds and really seeing how stuff falls because you just never know. Mine um, weren't blinds, obviously, but yeah. they were like m- so memorable to me. Well, yeah, that, I mean, if it's memorable, I mean, yeah. that's fine. Look, I listen, would... however people want to do it, there's no right or wrong way. It's yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. you feel <laughs> is the most impactful. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. It could be even if, it, if it's an environment you're in that mm-hmm. made that bourbon so right. special. A that night could, you were having Yeah, that could people. be the bourbon of the year, and that's yeah. fine. I mean, that's it is what it is. As long as you tell people that. Like, yeah. oh, I was having yeah. a blast that night. We were having a really good time. Let's yeah. nose this last one. We're, yeah. uh, we're a little over an hour, so I wanted to short keep it, you know. Yeah, keep it somewhat. Uh, and then short. we can start watching the game. i try and, the uh, Infinity Blend here soon, too. Jason, have you gotten so, into any Frey Ranch? Yeah, we're actually supposed to do a pick this year. Nice. Colby's a cool dude. Yeah. So while we're nosing this, on the record, who do you think's winning the national championship tonight? Washington or Michigan? Who do I think's going to win? Who do I want to win? Well, both. I want Washington to win because obviously I don't want Michigan to win being in Columbus. But I don't know. Michigan has this weird thing keep, when everybody, just, everything happens for them this year. It's so. like the year where Ohio State won <clears throat> against Miami. Exactly. It, 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 everything that fell into play. It's that type of year. It is. It is. If they don't win tonight, I'd actually be really surprised if they don't. Because I just feel like everything, you know, it's us, you know, us against them and right. all that shit. And they're all, I don't know. I just feel like everything is kind of just – and like you said, we were, they were showing highlights of some of the previous games, and every single little bounce went their way. Went their way, and it I'm just, just waiting it just for seems... tonight for every bounce to go not their way. Well, that's that that's would be what you, amazing. That's what you want. That's what you hope like, for. Like there's, but... they had no business winning that Alabama game with their miscues, but yeah. Alabama had the same miscues. I'm like, what the hell is yeah. going on? But, Alabama but, was having bad snaps. But all Michigan, game. but Michigan's miscues didn't cost them anything. Where it did but for they Alabama. Should have is what they I'm saying. Should, but, but that's the reason why I think they're going to win tonight. Right, right, right. Because when things should happen but don't, it you gotta yeah. you gotta have no, a little I, luck and magic when you when you're you're not wrong when you're into that championship. I'm thing. just waiting for the whole house of cards, someone to pull out that bottom <laughs> that bottom joker on the bottom row of the house of cards and yeah. it all collapse tonight. The you amount of growth I've seen Michael Penix Jr. since leaving that's Indiana. What I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. They haven't faced this type of Michael Penix. They have quarterback. They have faced him. He's well, he has <laughs> Indiana, but he right. have the weapons he no, has here. No, and and he looked so good against so Texas. I talked to my dad a couple of uh, days ago, I said, Michael Penix Jr. reminds me of Michael Vick when he was at Virginia Tech. The way yeah. he throws the football, yeah. how he moves, he's got legs. Yeah, he's got that. What's his name? Obunzi or o- Odunzi? Odunzi. Odunzi. Yeah. I mean, he, his. <laughs> I was just stirring the pot. No, honestly, I think he's a great quarterback for many reasons. One of which is he's not afraid to run, and I think every great quarterback has the ability to pull it down and run. Like John Elway, um, Michael Vick's a Mm -hmm. great example of that. I think Michael Vick's a very underrated quarterback. Yes. One of my favorites was Warren Moon and then Randall Randall Cunningham. Yeah. 
loved Randall Cunningham, watching him be able to get out of the pocket and then still make a throw while he was on the run. Like the defense would just break down while he's out of the pocket. And then everyone would just kind of collapse on him. And all of a sudden, whoop, right there to the next. To Archie the, Manning was the same way. Archie Manning was pretty good. Um, but now, he's got wheels. He can, he can run. Here's the thing. He can check off people. If you aren't, if you don't have a good offensive line you can't just be a good pocket quarterback like look at look at uh who's the guy um in chicago justin fields justin fields great quarterback in the pocket if he needs to be Uh but he's never got time so so everyone's giving him shit and they're talking about spending they've got the first and the ninth pick of next draft williams come on caleb williams is trash he's gonna be a bust he's trash you heard it here. he's going to be ryan leaf yeah, he's oh, going yeah. to be Ryan Leaf. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah. He's going to be the next Ryan Leaf. Why would you want that on your team? No, but just Anyways. the comments he's made are His almost nails. They're almost identical to Ryan Leaf coming into the NFL. Yeah, the he ego. did nothing this year, and they looked better without him in the bowl. Yes, like it was all, like why wasn't that he, guy playing all year long? He hurt his stock staying this year and not going last so, year. So, so here's my biggest my biggest thing is if you don't have a good offensive line, you better be able to run. And if you do have a good offensive line and you can run, holy shit, look out. Well, according to uh, coaches these days, they're saying that, I mean, obviously we know quarterbacks are hard to come by, but uh, well, mainly... You, you mainly don't want off, them to run because know, they can off, get hurt. Offensive yes. linemen are actually yes. becoming hard to come by. Right. Like, really good offensive linemen. But here, my point is, is Chicago... Don't get rid of Justin Fields. No. Use yeah. your first and ninth pick to get a good wide receiver and a good yeah. offensive lineman. You can get Marvin Harrison Jr. one. And then get a good offensive lineman. Yes. And Marvin Harrison Jr. has worked with Fields. Like, even though he didn't, he played with him, I think, for maybe mm-hmm. one year. Even if in not the, him, he got Rose neighbors Bowl. down yeah, in the Fields, LSU. Fields isn't staying with Chicago, I don't think. He should. He should. His last four or five games, he looked phenomenal. And not good. just, his quarterback rating was good. He didn't fumble as much. But like, he, but that's my point. These rash decisions to get a new quarterback, yep. if you don't fix the problems you're having, Fields is a good quarterback. What if the Browns had 30 quarterbacks? Well, at least. And then what happens? They come in and they get Flacco, who can't move. Well, I mean, there's Flacco not even... There's looks not, he, and he looks fantastic. But, there, but there, honestly, there's not that many great quarterbacks in the league these days There's either. really not. I mean, Justin Fields isn't that great of a quarterback, uh, but because of the competition, but he actually looks really good right now. But here's Pat the thing. Mahomes doesn't look very if good Patrick right now. Patrick Mahomes doesn't look good. If you, gave, if you gave Fields an offensive line and one more target on offense... I think he would be outstanding. Well, his his uh, bugaboo they say is is like he's not you know he's not accurate as much as but I mean but I would I, disagree. Like watching could, that game last night, that. holy cow, he was threading needles. No, I understand, I, but he's not. He's he's, but he hasn't really been that consistent. throughout My the biggest year. argument and the reason why I don't think he's very consistent is he is he held the ball too long. Well, yeah, for sure. And so, like, yeah. then when he'd have to throw it, it was a rush throw because yeah. the offensive line was breaking down by then. CJ Stroud is like breaking the Stroud molds, is, man. Yeah. Stroud is, and you know who looks terrible? Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Oh yeah. Like, well, I, I, I wouldn't but judge him yet. But why is he? That guy has one oh, second. The team, the offensive line. That guy has that's one. What I mean. That poor bastard has one second to throw the ball. Right. That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> and he's dead. That's what I mean. And his best yeah. receiver is Adam how many, Thielen. How many yeah. great quarterbacks have we missed out on because because teams put too much stock on quarterback and not enough on the line? Look at the, mm-hmm. the best. The best. The uh, the best example in the world is that poor bastard Andrew Luck on the Colts. <sighs> yeah. That guy was a specimen. He could and run, he, and he, he and could he, throw, and he talked like John Madden, which was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he sounded like John Madden. 
But that guy got next, killed. He should have been the next Peyton Manning. This guy he, he should have been the next guy. Everything. He should have been the next. Uh, who's John Elway? Yeah, he had like Peyton Manning's mind. Yeah. John Elway. Uh, John Elway's legs, and he could freaking launch the ball. He had Michael Vick's arm yeah. strength. Yeah, I mean, he was like, a specimen. But the guy got freaking murdered because yeah. the Indianapolis Colts never got offensive line. And that's what I mean. Yeah. They, but that's what I, I – I would love to be a general manager of a, of a football team for five years just to see. Like, listen, you let me – you have a quarterback – and and here's here's the thing that bugs Listen, me. Listen, guy, anyone's listening that knows any uh, you know general manager jobs, but here's still looking. <laughs> I, I, I'm yeah, unemployed. He wants I'm to, unemployed. Yeah, give him a shot. Listen, give, do the shot. When when you look at historically in the NFL, some of the some of the best teams had average quarterbacks. Yeah, and and you have a field general who just doesn't make mistakes and can and throw decently, and you give him a good offensive line and a great defense. You're gonna win. Didn't well, Trent Dilfer get it? I was just gonna Trent say. Dilfer, yeah, Trent Takes Dilfer's back to a Trent great Dilfer. And who's the other one? Who's the one from? Who was the one from Tampa that wasn't? Uh, yes, that's the one. Was it um, Sean King? No. no, no, that's not a quarterback's name, is it? I thought Tampa was Dilfer. No, well, he might have won there, but oh, I thought who was, I thought who was, was the one that won with Baltimore. Was I thought that, he was at the wasn't that Dilfer with the Ravens? Well, Flacco won. Flacco won the Ravens, but I think Dilfer won his at the Ravens. I thought. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But there was a guy at Tampa that was just a so-so quarterback. Yeah, that Brad won, Johnson. And it that's was, who it was. And it, Brad they're Johnson. amazing defense. Brad yeah. Johnson. They had a sick defense that yeah killed it. Tony, Dungy's but that's what team. I mean. Like, mm-hmm. but that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you you ha- there's a pl- there's plenty of examples of average. Is that guy's last name Fosho? <laughs> Ulo Fosho. Ulo Fosho. Ulo Fosho. That's my favorite player right now. Number five on Washington. Fosho. But my favorite <laughs> thing to see is when a when a so so quarterback wins a Super Bowl because they have an amazing team. That's when you know a general manager did his job. I gotta say, I might be switching to the Boston. Yeah, this Peyton Boston's, Manning. This Boston, big forehead, is really good. A lot of brain in Peyton Manning. Big forehead. It's bigger now than it was when he was in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. His head's like Sputnik. Yeah. He's got all those plays stored it, up in there. It's like an orange. <laughs> it's like an orange on a toothpick. It's like Sputnik. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. <laughs> Eli Young is so funny. He doesn't know how funny he is. Or he, Eli Manning. Move oh, that like melody yeah. yours and get the paper if you can. <laughs> Hauling that gargantuan cranium about. You know, when like, you know, like, what was it? Uh, who was the comedian who, who made fun of uh, Peyton Manning at the roast that they did? And he said that, you know, when like kids used to put the bowls on their head and their family used to just like follow and, and cut the bangs. <laughs> like, so like Peyton needed like a, like a, like a, 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 like a 10 cord colander. <laughs> I didn't see that. I love those roasts. I love those roasts. One of my favorite roasts oh my God. Uh, was with is the roast of Justin Bieber. But before Justin, you know how before they do those, they actually roast each other. All the people on the panel, they roast everyone on the panel. They come up and they have their time. Before they roast the person, they roast everyone on the panel too. And I can't remember who it was. But but Shaquille O'Neal was there and Kevin Hart was there yeah. and they were ripping on each other. Wasn't and that the uh, wasn't that the roast? Though? It was Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so so they were. The girl was like, "Oh, Kevin Hart, he's yeah. so grown up. Now he goes up on his wife." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, he gets himself in and out of chairs, like all those types of things." Yeah. And they said Shaquille O'Neal, he has to use Dropbox to send <laughs> dick pics. <laughs> And it said Shaquille O'Neal is uh, O'Neal is uh, what what was it uh, O'Neal? Oh no, that's what it was. Shaquille is like 
I don't know, whatever. It was uh, some African type thing for <laughs> for handsome. And O'Neill is Irish for just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, that's great. Like, they were really. No, the best, the best joke was that same girl was like, because Kevin Hart was hosting it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's nice to see that uh, Shaquille O'Neal's dick is hosting tonight. <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh, that is so good. Wow. Some of the roasts are so good. <laughs> They're so good. So good. All right. So, uh, I don't know. This Boston's hitting right this now. This Boston's like really good. It's really good. I still I still do like Frankfurt a little better. So I, I did answer I did do the intros to all of these, but I did not do Boston. So let me do the Boston one. It said climate, golden sunshine and clear air define the climate of the Booker No campus in Boston, Kentucky. Climate. You thought you said climax. Well, maybe whatever. These unique conditions make for faster, richer aging. A distiller, and I hate when they say faster, richer aging. No, it's still seventeen years old. You mean maturation. <laughs> A distiller couldn't ask for a better climate for maturation. And then they used maturation. There they go. They made up for it. Uh, place. In Boston, the rack houses are widely spread, uh, spaced, giving the bourbon even room to mature. The distance meets the clear conditions to create a bold and char- characterful. Char- that's not a word. Caricature? Characterful? Characterful whiskey. Worth or much, character. Li- much like Booker No himself. And then they use the word terroir. Terroir, yeah. Terroir, yeah. Uh, for like different regions, basically. Uh, yeah. It says this terroir lends the liquid a sweetness. The liquid, there you go. A sweetness. And, they say liquid streams. Right. I like when they use that. Not found in other Kentucky series releases. Uh, hazelnut, coconut, marshmallow, and baking spices. Ideal conditions truly make ideal bourbon. It was interesting because when I first tasted this, I did get coconut. And I was like, that's weird. I've never. This is probably the most unique out of the three. I so would argue. Let me ask you this. Do you think that they released this last because they thought it was the best? I don't know. Maybe. The, the wording in what I just read, I feel like, uh, makes you think that they either Either the, the best. best or the most unique, I would say. Okay, unique. Yeah, that yeah. could be it. Yeah. So, all right. Because gonna... Claremont, can, I feel like, can get pretty on par with the Jacobs Wells that we had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, obviously, the Frankfurt has I would has say the, that the Claremont the was... Was most similar to yes the the, the Jacobs like the Frankfurt has the spice the floral the florality which I think is also a made up word um, baking <laughs> no, spices hey, if they can say characterful you can say florality <laughs> I can say florality <laughs> I'm fine with and it. then the Boston I think is probably yeah I think it's the most sweet but it's a different type of sweet than what you get in the others yeah like to see that um, so I've got these three set up ready to go. And you've got your infinity blend. So Are I you, blended every single on two, three, all five Hardens Creeks. I, I blended. just blended the the three. Okay. All right. So are we going to, when we end this, are we going to have a little Baker's 13 and a little Booker's? Uh, country ham? No, well, a country ham or the new one, either one. I don't care. All right. So uh, I'm going to go back through these. You guys do your own thing. We'll meet in the middle. and. Uh, well, uh, real quick, JT, which one is your favorite out of the five? You've got to rank them. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go Frankfurt. As number one? Yes. Wow. Where he likes it? that spice. Boston he 2. He likes it spice. Boston 2. Do it. Do the it. The last do year's it. Jacob Well. Uh-huh. Claremont, and then this year's Jacob Well, but that still hasn't fully opened up. Did you say Boston in there anywhere? Yep. Which one was Boston? Boston was... Two? Uh, it was second. Two. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Frankfurt, Boston, last year's Jacob Well, Claremont... This year's Jacob Well. So I think last year Jacob's Well is 
the 184 is actually, I think, still my favorite. I think I would still put that number one. The first Jacob's Well. The first Jacob's Well is probably still my my number one. I would go Claremont number two, Boston number three, uh, Frankfurt number four, and then the uh, this year is Hardens Creek number five. I wasn't a huge fan. Too sweet. I'm going to agree with the last Hardens Creek. So that's my five. Uh, I think I'm still kind of gauging here, but I think the Jacob's Well, the two Jacob's Wells are my final four and five. Okay. Um, I like them all. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah, just, they're all good. Nothing's yeah. bad. Right. Nothing's bad. So, so let's just say that. And, first. The, and, and like there's, you could, there's three of these. I would say the two Hardens Creeks and the Claremont probably have the, the most, uh, oh, someone lost their head. Probably are the most, uh, two people did the most, the most similar. Out for Whereas I think the Frankfurt and the Boston are outliers. Two helmets came off. That's out for two. Each out for a play. I mean, shoot, this I, one would rank high in that too. Oh, oh my god, that Knob Creek that, single barrel might be the best, right? And that was from Bourbon on Maine. <laughs> that's the Reese's that, peanut butter. Cup. That's a Honestly, Reese's not, peanut butter cup. I'm not going to lie. So let's. So so just full transparency <laughs> here. We primed with a uh, Knob's Creek. Uh, ten year. single barrel ten year from Bourbon on oh Main that I bought a few years ago. So good, one twenty proof. And I'm not going to lie, the first two Hardens Creek we had, I thought were a disappointment comparatively. It's a straight up peanut butter cup. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but again, you're you know 109 proof, 108 proof, 120 doesn't seem like right. that much, but it, it is. Those Knob Creek single barrels at 120 proof freaking slap. Yeah, they do. I'm going to have to say. I think my one, two, and three. I might have to move up Boston. I'm going to say Boston's my number one. Um, Frankfurt and Claremont are, I really like for different reasons. Yeah. But I'm probably going to say I like Frankfurt too. I like the spice a little bit more, and I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not normally a huge. Yeah. I might move up Boston just because I just love the uniqueness of it. Where did you have Boston? Uh, well, I mean, we had it in. Uh, no, where did you have it? In the, oh, I, in the I, ranking originally, when you say I might have to move it, I don't up. even remember. I think I had it like maybe like fourth or third. <sighs> Jim Beam released this. The three of them blended together. It was like a distillery. O four came mm-hmm. in the box. Yeah, and this is a this is a combination of that. Mm-hmm. Sell that. Yeah, I think Boston's my favorite. Um, this is with all the Hardens Creeks. This is with the Jacobs Wells in there too. So I, I think J, I think Boston's my favorite. Frankfurt and Claremont are two A and two B, and then the two Hardens Creek are three and four, are four and five. Wow, it's a good lineup. I can't go wrong. No, yeah, that smells amazing. Doesn't smell good. Let me have Hell a sip. Yeah. Let me have a sip of that. Did you drink yeah. it? I didn't. You did? I did not. I just dosed it. Yeah, we encourage you if you have any of the Hardens Creeks, blend them. They're really good together. Well, it's like long lost brothers coming back together again. <laughs> 17, 17 years separated. Yeah. I wish we could get the Jim Bean box delivered here to Ohio. I know. I heard about that on uh, the Bourbon Road. They have a lot of good releases oh, in there. That's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mixed together. And that's all five? Yep. How even do you think that was mixed? They were pretty even, I would say. As even as you could be. As even as I as I think they are, yeah. Here's these three. That's good. And they actually released that, so I hope it's They good. released this? Yes. Who released it? In the box, um, in the uh, membership with Jim Beam. They did a mixture? Yes, of, a, of the three. Really? Yeah. It's a, How did they label it? 
it's like a little 375, right? Yep. And it's 04 Distillery Select. Yeah, I don't so think it, they actually released so it's it. So like it looks shop. like an experimental type thing. Yeah. yeah, it looks like you wouldn't know until you read the, read the label. But. It looks like a miniature Russell's bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like them all blended together. They're good. I like that one better. Do you? All I five. Did, I didn't try that one. This one's a little. This comes off a little hot. Edwards is gone. God damn. And touchdown, Michigan. Yeah, Edwards is good at that. He's not good at reading the hole immediately. But if he's able to bounce off the initial contact, it's like then he reads the hole. Which is exactly what he just did. Yeah. He bounced off the contact and then, oh, okay, I'm free. And he's gone. Look at that setup. Right here. Take this. Look, nothing. Nothing. There was nothing there. He chose the wrong hole. Did you see that? There was nothing there. He chose the wrong hole. And then because they didn't tackle him, he bounced off of it and then finally got the right hole. (laughs) Problem I used to have. Wrong hole. Well, <laughs> depend. You're, hey, I'd say wrong girl. Yeah, that's oh, right. yeah. I would say always go high before you go low. That's all I'm saying. Choose high. It depends on which way they're facing. <laughs> you want a real wild time? Hit it from behind and then call your call your ex girlfriend's name. Wow. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, at that point, we just call leave. that the rodeo. At that point, just leave the room. <laughs> I'll see well, myself you gotta, out. You gotta finish first. <laughs> you call that the rodeo. <laughs> All right, so I, that was a I great really night. enjoyed all of these. Yeah, really good, man. <clears throat> I, I But I want to wrap this up, start watching football. It was kind of nice to actually have the two Harden's Creeks with the lineup because I do, I do think it gives everyone... The, the Jacobs Wells, you mean? Yeah, the, Jacobs, yeah. the two Jacobs Wells. I think it gives everyone a real good grasp on how, you know, I think impressive these bourbons are, uh, yeah. you know, for the money, for the price. Obviously, you have five bottles here that are... You know, under 200, but they have very high ages. All very different. They're from a heritage distillery. They're all very different. And then, you know, this is this is just kind of a microcosm of why I think Jim Beam just absolutely killed it in 2023. What I think is interesting is the last three we did, the, the actual locational releases, are the exact same juice, mm-hmm. separated at birth, and sent to different places to age for 17 years. And, I, and, and the fact they that are. they are all different yeah. is... Tremendous to me. I mean, if that's what uh, Jim Beam was going for, they nailed it. So, so let's take a broader look at this. When you look at, let's everybody's favorite, right? Buffalo Trace, right? <laughs> well, not mine, but I most know, people's. But you know what I mean. Yeah. So, Jason so Buffalo the Trace, they have <laughs> two mash bills, but most of the stuff you're drinking on a daily basis is from one mash bill. Yeah. Right. Minus the Weller. Um, but you're you're getting Eagle Rare, Buffalo Trace, Benchmark, and all of those things from the same mash bill, but just because they're put in different places in the rickhouse. Yep. Uh-huh. And I just think that that's an amazing... Different places and different ages. Right. All combined to yeah. create different bottles. You're right. So you got Buffalo Trace in the mid-level kind of area. Same with the Eagle Rare, but it's 10 years. Benchmark at the higher end um, of the rickhouse. But my point is, is you get this all these different flavor profiles from the same mash bill, same yeast strain, different locations in the rickhouse. Yeah, I mean... Now we've got the same mash bill distilled on the same day. So all things being equal, they're the same thing. Well, I will say Jacob's Wells are, are outliers. Well, Jacob's... Because they're Jacob's blends. Wells, sure. Because they're blends with but, a high rye bourbon. Claremont, yeah. Frankfurt, and Boston yeah. are all distilled on the same day. Mm-hmm. And then... 
separated mm-hmm. at birth. Filled in the same barrels on the same day and then aid put in the warehouses on the same and day. And they have all three different profiles. Yeah, it's awesome. And I love that. I, I It just goes to show all the things that can come into play to make bourbon what it is. I mean, ter- A yeast yeah. strain. Just look at Four Roses and the mm-hmm. 10 recipes they have. I mean, terroir is something you hear a lot about with uh, Scotch whiskey sure. um, you know, across Scotland. But yeah. I think as... Bourbon has expanded across the United States and it's made in so many different places now. Terroir really does. Um, it it, uh, it means matters. Something. Yeah, it means, it means something. something. Yeah. No, and I and I think that's. But that's my point. Is all of these different things come into play with bourbon, whether it's just a single location but different levels on a rickhouse, whether it's just a, a different yeast strain. Mm-hmm. Everything being equal, but a different yeast strain with all the different Four Roses recipes. Two yeast strains. Uh, you've got two mash bills, 10 different recipes out of it. I mean, that's just incredible to me. Yep. Or Sorry, not two yeast strains, five yeast strains, two mash bills. Well, I think the number one example of that is uh, Wild Turkey. Not just because I'm a fanboy, but I mean, look how many flavor profiles they come out. They have two but that's mash bills that they work with. But that's why you're and, a fanboy. Yeah, it, it's, it's incredible what they do with it, with all the different oh, locations. But that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's incredible, just those little variables. And then, so... so Building off of that, to me, what what is also incredible about that is you've got okay, so you've got one mash bill creating five, six, six, seven different uh, brands. Then you've got people that have to take all of those variables, right, and create a consistent blend of Buffalo Trace, of Knob Creek, of you know all of these different brands. But they have to create a consistent blend with yeah, all these variables in play. It's an art yeah. form, man. It it's really it's is. nuts. Yeah. And and what I want to know, and this is what I'd really love to look at, is take a Buffalo Trace from five years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago, whatever, and compare it to today. How similar are they really? I mean, I don't think they'll be – I think there'll be some similarities, but I don't think they'll be that similar, to be honest. Just like you talked about with the 1920 earlier in this episode, you know, that you're missing what note? The chocolate note now? Yeah, the chocolate cherry is completely shifted into just straight up what you would expect, straight up banana. Banana. Yeah. So, so but that's what I mean. Like, but you're tasting it all throughout. Yeah. And do you notice it? It's like you don't notice all of a sudden that you gain 50 pounds because you see yourself every day. So a year later, you've gained 50 pounds. Do you notice that? Yeah, I mean, wild turkey enthusiasts do the same thing with rare breed. Like, as they release different batches, like the Russell Reserve single barrels in 2023, not the picks. I just mean the ones that are available on the shelf for the the new gold. They were absolutely fantastic in In 2023. And it's like, okay, well, now you want to find it because they don't give you, like, the rickhouses they're pulling from. It's like, where are they from? How come they're so good? It's, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. No, you're right, that, and that's my point. It, there's so many variables at play, so many different things happening, and it's just, you know, from single barrels to small batches to flagship bourbons, it's just crazy. I would me. say bourbon is 75% um, education, 25%. Just get lucky, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you never know hey, what you can pick up in that bottle. I would say marriage is the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you that's how you do it if i had to pick three distilleries to drink for the rest of my life it would be wild turkey jim beam and michter's and i pick i say jim beams in there i think a lot of people overlook them you because know. don't most people don't think of jim beam with all the extra 
brands they have. Right, but I love them because they've stayed true to heritage. Yeah. Everything that they come out with is within the family. Honestly, you're not wrong, (coughs) but you're wrong. I would say... (laughs) (laughs) JT, you need to leave now, apparently. (laughs) You're gone. See myself out. Voted off the island. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, honestly... The wild turkey, I would 100% agree with. You're you're right with that for sure, 100%. Um, I would say that uh, in addition to wild turkey, um, for me, consistency-wise, Old Forester has been 100% consistent. Love that. They're shelfers. They're shelfers. Mm-hmm. And I know they have like, what, two shelfers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, minus the the Whiskey Row series. <laughs> the, but like the signature, signature 100 the is just insane. Even the, even the 86 The 86 is insane. Even I know the, uh, the 86 has turned a lot of people I know that onto bourbon just from that bottle. So. Because it's just so, it's just consistent mm-hmm. and good. Yeah. Um, it's just bananas, man. So so those are two from, <laughs> it is bananas. Well played. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. All right. With but, that, <laughs> but I, I would honestly throw in Buffalo Trace for that. I I don't think Buffalo Trace is is doing anything wrong, minus the fact that their age statements are getting. But their MSRPs are low. It's not our. It's not their fault that they're just being hijacked on secondary. They're not in my top five. Yeah, I I would. I w- I mean, why not? I put Bardstown and I also put uh, Bardstown Bourbon Old Company? Forester in front of them. I I like what Bardstown Bourbon Company is doing, but they're shelfers. They're shelfers. I I would say that I would go to Buffalo Trace if all things being equal and, and easy to get to. I think they're I think they're one hundred proof Origin Series Weeder. Can go right up against Weller. I agree with hands that. Down. I mean, yeah. I poured their Discovery Six, and it tastes straight like watermelon. It was sweet. It was. But, just, but, but again, that's. But a lot but of people don't like it's, watermelon. It's a, it's, a, it's a blend. Yeah, you have to look at the blend components. Yeah. That's that's going to be a you know a hit or miss. It's I, not. They're not doing that for consistency. They're doing that. Let's try our new blend. Hey, and I will say that Barstow Bourbon Company is the only place that makes me enjoy something that has. Dickle, Dickle in it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. We're at, we're at 90 minutes. Let's uh, go ahead and end this. Uh, signing off here, guys. Second episode of season five. We're at season five. Season five. Isn't that crazy? Remember, I'm, you reached out to me in season one, and I was like, we're not ready for that. Yeah, season one. We're not ready for you yet, dude. <laughs> uh, he was like, Jason, yeah. You know what? Let us get our shit together. We'll call you. And now you're a regular. Now I'm a regular. I mean, I'm, I would I'm, I would call you a regular. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud to be a part of it. You guys have actually, you guys convinced me on the trip to start my own podcast. You should. Not really my own, not a podcast per se like this, but taking my videos and turning them into audio. Yeah. So that's something I'm actually. It's another way for people to it, just ingest you. It, it's something. <laughs> it's yes. Ingest take it, me. Take it sexually. Take it sexually. Take it sexually. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no. But, uh, just, yeah, for anyone listening, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for a Master and Drum podcast. But it's generally just going to be my reviews in audio, audio form, form that people you can listen to. I may sporadically put some cool interviews in there with distillers that I think people will be I may sporadically to. listen to it more now. I think you're going to sporadically maybe be part of it, just so you know. I'm, so. I I would love to be part of it. Yeah, for sure. I would honestly. You've done so much for ours. I would not that I would ha- add anything to yours except for uh, fucking comedy. <laughs> comedy. Like, I'd be like, dude, you just have to record it here. It's like, can I drink your bourbon? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll be right there. I'll be there in twenty minutes. I'll be there in twenty minutes. Listen, my creative juices don't flow unless yeah. I'm drinking Jason stuff. No, no, no. Listen, I think anyone, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I try to stay host. <laughs> 
<laughs> but at the same time, I cannot resist the fucking comments when Tyler's here. Oh. Yeah. So, like, I've got to add comedy. I, Wait, I before you sign off, one more quick thing. Yeah, yeah, Ready? yeah. <laughs> okay, that's for you, Tyler. For if you, Tyler. He's, you know, not, you he's know, not listening. You know, this is just great. It's just great. It's great. Yeah, it was all good. All good all stuff good. tonight. All right, guys. All, all good. Thanks, guys. See you next week. joining us on yet another hunt for great bourbon please give us a five-star review anywhere you are listening but if you can't leave some constructive criticism in the review so that we can get better at improving our show good reviews help us bring better guests on for your listening pleasure not mine but until then sit back grab a pour kick up your feet and enjoy some bourbon <laughs>